Welcome to the King's Chapel Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. I'm so thankful, so thankful for God's grace. I stand in front of you as a trophy of His grace. <laughs> my kids, I want to acknowledge my, of course, I love my husband and I'm so proud of him. But these are my five kids right over here. They made me some signs. You want to show everybody? <laughs> And you know, I uh, I have to I have to um, say to my husband that um, I'm so thankful for you, and I'm so thankful that we've gotten to do this together. I'm thankful for the testimony of God's grace that you are and that I am, and uh, nobody knows all that we've gotten to do. But you have. My husband is an amazing man. He is um, my best friend, my lovey. Nobody else gets to call him that. <laughs> Sometimes Pastor Daniel, I don't know if I've ever said it, but I don't, know, I don't think I've ever called you Pastor Lovey. I think that's what Pastor Daniel does when I call you that. Um, but he is my best friend. He is my partner. And um, we have been through ups and downs and everywhere in between. And I wouldn't trade it for anything. And to my five kids, hey, my five amazing, fantastic, talented, anointed world changers sitting on the front row. And um, they make my life exciting. And I wouldn't trade any of them for anything. I love you guys. And hey, Davis kids, look at me. I'm proud of you for the sacrifices you have made along with me and daddy. You have walked with us 17, 15, 12, 10, and seven years, and you have taken steps of faith with us, and I'm so very proud of you. I want to thank Pastor Daniel for the privilege of getting to stand up here in front of you. Thank you, Pastor, for trusting me while you're gone. <laughs> Cue the bears. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> I want to thank you. And um, I have a big shout out. <clears throat> I'm representing the best ministry. I'm a little, I'm a little biased. I'm a little biased, but I wanted to represent the ministry that God has called me to be in um, from the moment I met my husband, and uh, even though I went screaming and kicking the first time. Those of you that have heard that story, maybe I should tell my part of that story tonight. He always tells about the story when we, uh, we signed up for a missions trip together, and we didn't really know what they wanted us to do. And a few weeks before we left, we had raised our money, gotten our team together, and they called and said, what would you guys, what can you do? And my husband says, well, you know, I've done puppets. Great. We want you to work with our kids' ministry. And what he didn't know is that I had grown up as well, working in children's ministry, doing puppets, serving in the nursery. Yes, I love the nursery. Um, but I had served in a small church, and, and I had gotten taken advantage of, and I, I had some healing 
that needed to take place in my heart. So we were engaged, and the pastor said, well, I want you to come do children's. And we went out, and we're sitting in the parking lot at McDonald's. And he says, oh, by the way, the pastor on the Big Island called me. He wants us to work with the kids. And I start crying in the car. And he's like looking at me. And I, did I, did I scream it? I don't remember what I did. It was very demonstrative. I think I threw a fit. Lord, help me. And I was like, no, I don't want to. And the reason I was really crying, can I tell you why I was really crying and saying no? Okay, not only did I need a lot of healing, this was 20-odd years ago, 20, I don't know how long, 24 years ago. But I didn't want him to break up with me. We were engaged, and I knew he loved kids, and that was my greatest fear. I didn't want him. Anyways, don't worry. God healed my heart. I work for you and work with your kids. I'm all better now. Okay, I stand before you healed and whole, I think. No, I'm just joking. I do. But then you know what that happened was because I was willing to be obedient to the Lord, we went on that mission strip, and God used those kids on the big island of Hawaii to heal my heart. I mean, to heal me and call me fully into children's ministry, and we've been doing that. I've been doing this almost half of my life now. It's been, uh, yes, half of my life. And so um, I want to just say to all of you who work with kids, whether it's uh, here at our church or whether you work at a daycare or children, you know, child care, it is the greatest privilege that you have. And moms and dads, your children are your number one disciples. Your number one disciples. So, well, let's get into the message tonight. I think it's kind of funny. Minister Vicki had no idea what my message was about. But over the past 48 hours, God has um, uniquely reminded me of what he spoke to me to give to you tonight. And my, the title of my message tonight is Rooted in Him. And Minister Vicki is amazing. Your tithe and offering message was about the planting seed and all of the above. And I am excited because I want to share with you something I've learned in homeschool. My friend, my kids said, uh-oh. So I made the, Detroit, the choice of four years ago now to homeschool my five children. And it was almost like one of those choices where when God called me into children's ministry or said that you're going to go do children's ministry and I kind of had a fit, you know, in front of my husband you know, 20-something years ago, when he began to speak to me to homeschool my kids, I would, get behind me, Satan. (laughs) No, that's not from the Lord. And over the course of two weeks, as most of you know, when the Holy Spirit, if you'll let him speak to you, he kind of repeats himself until you acknowledge what he's trying to tell you to do, right? It's like that dripping faucet that you only hear when you lay down at night, drip. Drip, 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 drip. Or the, the fire alarm battery. Why does it only go off at night? Anyways, that's a whole other subject. So, um, but when the Lord began to speak to me and challenge me, and he finally wooed me into, okay, yes, it has been the greatest thing ever. And it hasn't been easy for the five of them or for me, but it has been the best thing for our family. And I want to share with you something I'm, oh, that's so pretty. Thank you. Media, you're amazing. Okay. So I want to share with you something I learned recently in homeschooling science. Are you ready? 
So this last week, um, I was teaching Ikella and Eliana, my two youngest. I have a creation-based science curriculum that I used by a company called Answers in Genesis. If you've never heard of Answers in Genesis, look it up. It's amazing. And this week, we were talking about how God designed plants. Anybody remember what day it was? The third day of creation is when he spoke the word and plants grew. Trees and grasses grew. Isn't that amazing? He spoke the word and these things grew out of the ground. And I was teaching Eliana and Ikella. We were learning the differences between animal cells and plant cells and how God uniquely designed them. I forgot these words until I began to teach them, and we began to make our little homemade model of the animal cell and the plant cell. Anybody remember the parts of a cell? The brain is called the nucleus. There's vacuoles. There's mitochondria. There's cytoplasm, cell... I remember now. (laughs) It's great. Cytoplasm, cell... All these unique pieces, and only plants have echella, chloroplast, and what? and a cell wall. So the main difference is between the animal and plant cells. But what amazed me was when I was reading in this curriculum with them, and it said that the average tree leaf contains over 50 million cells. One leaf. You know all the ones that are over your yard right now, that the wind has blown. Each one is approximately 50 million cells. And each one of those cells are uniquely designed by God. He spoke it into being. It amazed me. I know my kids are like, okay, yeah, here, let's cut out the mitochondria. You know, stick it on here with the glue, you know. And for me, it was eye-opening because I thought, Lord, I, I don't remember being in such awe of what you created. It's amazing to me. And did you know that animal cells are usually round, and plant cells are either a square or a rectangular shape, and that a plant cell has a cell wall in order to help it keep its shape. It's amazing to me. As a matter of fact, we learned about the four main parts of a plant. If you have that slide, you guys didn't know you were getting a science lesson tonight, did you? Okay. Look at that. All right, kids, I need your help tonight. This is an interactive message. So kids, let's start at the bottom. What do you see? Very good. Next on the left, stem and what? Flower and buds. Those are the four main organs of a plant. And I want to talk to you tonight about the most important part that most of the time you cannot see. Kids, which one is it? The roots. The roots grow under the ground. Let's talk about the roots for just a moment. Why are they so vitally important to the life of the plant? Number one, they provide the anchor to keep the plant in place. They provide a what? An anchor to keep the plant in place. It firmly fixes the plant so it's unmovable during high winds and rain and flooding and earthquakes. Okay, let me just tell you, two years ago, when that earthquake hit, okay, it was the grace of God. Do you know where I was? Let me just, this little side note. I just happened to be with my five children buckled in my van that was warmed up and had Christmas music playing, and we were about to head to the club and to go work out. 
And we're all buckled in, and Emma is wiping the snow off the windshield, and all of a sudden she jumps in, and it's like we went on a four-wheel drive. I mean, the car. But guess what? All my kids were buckled in. I didn't have to, like, go running around the house finding I think God had really tremendous disgrace. But I sat there in my van, and the tree line in front of me, I watched those trees bend like I had never seen them bend before. And they were almost at a 90 degree, I mean, almost like this, back and forth and back and forth. But guess what kept them fixed? Their roots. Also, the roots are the lifeline of the plant. They help to bring oxygen, water, and nutrients up the vascular system of a plant or tree. That's where they get their water from. There's oxygen in the soil. There's nutrients in the soil. So it's the lifeline. Everybody say lifeline. The other part of, of, of the root's job is to store nutrients for dormant periods. When there is no food, when there is no water, the roots store food up to help the plant to survive. All right? And lastly, healthy roots are crucial for a vibrant beautiful and fruitful plant or tree. They are vitally important. Now, I want to share a really quick story, but while I do that, would you turn in your Bibles to the book of Jeremiah chapter 17? Now, we have a farm. My husband had the privilege of getting to preach Wednesday night, I think this last week. Is that right? And um, I'm sure you've heard some of our stories about our pigs and things, and I had the privilege of getting to speak in youth last Friday night, and I... (laughs) I shared with them some stories. We were talking about sheep, and we were talking about, we, we were thinking about maybe getting some sheep next year. We don't know. But right now, we have three cows, two pigs, 20 chickens. How many rabbits do we have? Too many. Okay. So, um, but we also have a garden. We have a beautiful garden. We have about a dozen raised beds, and uh, we, we begin our starters in our house. How many of you do that? Any of you gardeners? And usually around the end of February, okay, my living room gets turned into a greenhouse. My husband's laughing. Around the end of February, we have a big planting party. And we like to just plant, like, whatever. Okay, we figured out the things we like to eat, but then we like to gather, like, unusual seeds and, like, you know, just see what happens. So we plant the end of February, and it's amazing to me. I have these metal racks on rollers, and then we have south-facing windows. We lay down a tarp, and literally those two racks get put in those windows. And this year, for the first year, I don't know if the sun was just extra bright, but before the ground had thawed, I had squash growing in my living room. Living yellow squash already in my living room. And so as we began to prepare the beds, you know, you have to kind of wait for that ground to thaw. And then, it, you know, you, you kind of get impatient. Well, I get impatient because I have a jungle growing in my living room. And I can't see out of my south-facing windows. I'm just praying, Lord, thaw the ground, thaw the ground. Well, in that time of thawing and preparing, we decided, you know what? We have cow manure. We got chicken manure. I mean, we got all the manure you need to make those beds the healthiest beds. So... We worked as a family, didn't we? Go Davises. And we filled those beds and laid out manure and we, you know, hoed and we got it all ready. And man, we were, I mean, it was stinky. 
Whoever said living on a farm is wonderful never smelled the chicken coop. Okay, so we got those beds ready, and finally, you know, the ground was warm enough, and we're excited. I'm excited to get my living room back. And so we get those plants. We also have a greenhouse, too. So we start getting everything ready. And my husband, um, he is the green thumb in the family. I just cook everything, okay? You know, he, he plants it and helps, and that's his quiet time. And so he put the squash. We grew eight-ball squash. What are the other? There's other kinds of squash. We put them in those beds. We, we planted cabbage and broccoli and Brussels sprouts and all kinds of things. Now, some of the plants really loved all that manure, Okay, but my squash did not. Our squash began to, now it was vibrant. I told you it's producing fruit in my living room. And when we transplanted it and put it in those beds, the beds were too hot. Does anybody know what I mean by that? So the, the level of chemicals and everything and, and that was in there was too hot for those plants. And so my husband had to do emergency whatever it was, and he, and we, we redid those beds, pulled half the manure out, threw lime in there, and remixed to restore the right balance of nutrients in that ground, okay? And once my husband did that, those plants began to thrive again. Those plants began to thrive, and we've, we've had so much fruit from them this summer. We have eaten really good, fresh veggies, and all the kids said, <laughs> They're like, huh? So I want to talk to you, though, about, about this year. Now, we talked about how roots help the plant to be firm and anchored, right? This year, 2020, in all my young years, I have never lived in a year like this to where everything that could be shaken has been shaken, to where the uncertainty has has affected the entire planet. It's not just our nation. It's not just Canada. It's not just a particular nation that, that you know, had a disease break. It affected the, it still is affecting the entire world. I'm thankful we live in Wasilla. I feel like we live in a bubble, and I'm, th- I'm just grateful, okay? A blessed bubble. But I want, to, I, want to, I want to say things that were supposed to be firm and certain have crumbled. Priorities have been reordered, okay? What was essential has been redetermined. I was telling my husband one of the most interesting things about this year is notice what was deemed unessential. The majority of it was entertainment. Think about that. The theater shut down, right? The fun, the the crazy extreme fun centers shut down. The bowling centers, the bars, right? All of that. When you begin, this year really shook and is still shaking some people. And you know what I have found is that during these times, during this year, many of us have allowed too much manure in the soil of our lives. And it has almost killed us. Some of us have focused and have set our roots down and watched hours and hours of news and reports and things, and all it has done is caused you to fear and worry and become anxious. 
And some of us, it's been too much, and it has almost killed our faith. And I want to talk to you tonight about being rooted in Jesus. And your Bibles turn to chapter Jeremiah chapter 17, verses 5 through 8. I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation. This is what the Lord says. Jeremiah 17, 5 through 8, New Living Translation. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans, who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. They are like stunted shrubs in the desert with no hope for the future. They will live in the barren wilderness in an uninhabited, salty land. But, are you ready? Verse 7. Blessed are those who trust in the Lord and who have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. This time for you as an individual, for our nation, for the body of Christ, it has been a shaking to determine where is your trust? Where is your hope? Is it in your money? Is it in your job? Is it in your friends and family? Where is the anchor of your soul? Where are your roots grown down deep into? And what I have seen is I have seen those who have been consumed by fear, consumed by hatred, consumed by worry, depression, bitterness, rage. And the Lord is saying, you have to be rooted in me. Let's talk about that because God is calling us to remember that he is the source of life. He is your source of life. We're going to talk tonight about being rooted in the Lord. If you'll turn in your Bibles to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. We're going to start in verse 6. When I spoke with the youth last Friday night, I spoke with them about how do you know the voice of the Lord? And I spoke to them about the word of God. And when Jesus said, my sheep know me, they know my voice and they follow me. And I talked to them about how do you know the voice of the Lord? And I talked to them about giving God their time, their attention, their ears, and their heart. Because when you turn your attention to the Lord, you will know his voice and you won't follow strangers. You'll only follow the Lord. It's almost the same in this. Turn to Colossians 2, 6 through 7. And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Your roots to grow deep in him. 
During my science lesson with my kids, they had us read an article about the redwood tree or the sequoias. They are the largest living organism on the planet. My husband and I had the privilege of getting to go to a national park, Redwood National Park in California. Amazing things that God spoke into being. He spoke them. Some of those trees are so old, they were, there were already some of, them, some of them that were 200 years old when Christ was born. Some of those sequoias and redwoods are over 2,000 years old. And the way that God designed their root system, the way that he designed even their bark, did you know that the, their bark is almost a foot thick? It's amazing. And their roots are so deep that even when a fire comes, that bark is designed to create a heat shield, and it deters the heat away from the tree. Now, those trees can grow, some of them almost 300 feet tall. So the root system is very strong to hold that tall of a tree. And even as, as extensive that root system is, it can't even reach the very top of the tree. Do you know how the top of the tree grows? Sequoias only grow in foggy areas because the moisture from the dew gives the nutrients to the top of the tree. So from the, from the root system gathering what it needs to the fog and the leaves gathering the nutrients, those trees thrive and grow. If you ever get a chance to go see one, they are absolutely amazing. It reminds me of the scripture that says, all creation shouts of you. From the tiniest cell with the nucleus and the mitochondria and how God designed that to the largest living organism on the planet. It shouts of a creator, God. And tonight I want to encourage you. How do we stay rooted in him? Number one, declare with your mouth and plant your trust in the Lord. I'm going to have a lot of, you know, tie-ins with plants, so just hang on, okay? If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you will have an opportunity to do that tonight. But declare with your mouth, even in the midst of a storm, God, I trust in you. You are the source of my life. You are my provider. You declare it with your mouth. Why? Sometimes you seem like a crazy person. Because your ears need to hear it. Because it gets down into your heart. That's why it's so good to read your scriptures out loud to yourself or have them read to you because it gets into your head and gets into your heart. Number two, let God water you with his love every day. Ephesians 3.17, if you can turn there really quickly. Ephesians 3.17. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. Keep you strong. You have to understand, the word of God declares that nothing can separate you from the love of God. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. His love is unconditional. It does not run out. 
It does not go away if you sin. His love remains steady and constant and sure, and it is your strength. It will make you strong. And so many of us, so many of us wake up, and you just get going for the day, and you forget to just go like this and just go, Lord, I choose to receive your love for me today. Strengthen me. Help me. You can read 1 Corinthians 13, all about what love is. But one of the main verses is it says, perfect love casts out fear. If you're battling with fear, you need to let God water you with his love. Let him saturate you. Number three, spend time soaking in his presence. There's so many different plants that God made, and some of them don't like direct water. Some of them just like to be misted on top. Some of them grow in water. Rice and taro and all those th amazing things so uniquely designed. You were designed you were specifically designed to receive all you need from him. And you must spend time soaking in his presence. Don't rush your time with the Lord. Don't make it like a drive through order. Because when you just sit and listen, he will wash you with his love. The fear will melt away. The anxiety and worry will have no hold on you anymore. If you'll just sit and wait and just soak and allow his presence to come and fill you to overflowing. It's not just for you. You need to be filled to overflowing so you can give out. He has called you to be carriers of his power, carriers of his presence. How can you carry it if you don't have it? How can you carry it if you don't spend time getting it from him? You can only receive it from him. We get so busy sometimes. We're afraid to be quiet. My kids love music. I love music. And my, my boys especially love it when I play my soaking music in the morning when we're doing devotional. Mom, you're putting me to sleep. I love to listen to instrumental worship music and just sit and invite the Lord. You don't understand. Out of all of creation, you are the only one that he speaks to. He wants to commune with you. He wants to speak life over you. He wants to wrap his arms around you and hold you and fill you. The creator God who spoke all of these amazing things into being, and you're the one he wants to spend time with. And he has, he is your source of life. Number four, grow in the nutrient-rich truth of God's word. 
the nutrient-rich truth. We read right here in Colossians 2, 6 through 7, then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught. God's word is the nutrients that you need. It is his voice speaking to you. The more you spend time in his word, the more you'll be able to recognize his voice. You won't have to question, wait, is that me? Is that God or is that the enemy? You will know his voice because you have spent time in his word. It's like miracle grow. All right? Or, oh, oh, wait, 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 kids, help me out. Read your Bible and pray every day. Pray every day, pray every day. Read your Bible and pray every day, and you'll grow, grow, grow. Okay, that's enough. We can keep, like, singing the whole song. Don't read your Bible or pray every day, and you'll do what? And you'll become dry and crispy and cranky. Nobody likes a cranky Christian. And you can't blame anybody else for being dry and crispy. Number five, allow the Lord to prune away the fruitless dead areas of your life. Do I need to say anything more? Okay. You know, because God has been sticking his finger on something in your life and saying, stop that. Give it to me. Why is he doing that? Do you know why? Because he wants you to grow and be fruitful. He wants your life to be a beautiful representation of his goodness and his grace and his love. What is he telling you to do? What is a fruitless dead area that's not bringing any benefit? No nutrients for you. It's like my husband showing up with donuts yesterday morning. <laughs> There's no nutrients in there for you. That's why I kept telling myself, just say no, just say no, just say no, just say no. Here, Akel, here, you eat this one. Okay, I'm going to go over here and make my keto breakfast. All right. Why waste your time on fruitless dead things? Your time is precious to the Lord. Number six, watch the production of the fruit of the Holy Spirit thrive. When you spend time soaking, when you spend time with, in the word, when you spend time being watered by his love, the fruits of the Spirit will be evident in your life to everyone around you. You won't be that cranky Christian anymore. You'll be full of joy, and you'll have it so abundantly you can give it to others. All right, kids, fruit of the Spirit, ready, go. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Lord, help me with those donuts. Self-control. You'll begin to see those things thrive in your life. Lastly, we read again in Colossians 2, 6 through 7, at the very end, will grow strong in the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. Overflow with thankfulness. 
Because a thankful heart is a happy heart. It's old veggie tales. So many of you are searching for happiness and fulfillment from things that will never meet your need. When you anchor yourself and you allow your roots to grow down deep into the Lord, you will find yourself overflowing with thankfulness. I have found myself, when someone asks how I'm doing, I'm doing great, praise the Lord. And they're the, reg, you know, the cashier at the store. <laughs> oh, great, okay. Praise the Lord comes off my lips like it's, you know. When you begin to not look at what you don't have, but all that God has given you, and you begin to thank him for that, you'll overflow. And guess what? It's contagious. It's contagious. People will want to be around you because you're so happy, because God has healed your heart. He's filled you with his love. I want you to make a decision tonight to be rooted in him. If you got too much manure in your soil, ask God to transplant you. Okay? His desire, again, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Who in here would be foolish enough to turn away him when he loves you and he knows what's best? And he's saying, give that to me. Come on. Come on. Give it to me. I want you to grow. I've got this area I want you to grow in. You have to understand, just like Minister Vicky said during our, our lesson, and I'm going to close with this, the mystery of life forming in the womb. He knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. He knew what you would look like. He would know if you like vegetables or not. <laughs> Speaking to the front row over here. He knew what color eyes you would have. He knew what your voice would sound like. He would know whether you have crooked toes or nice pretty toes. And do you know he loved you? He has loved you from the beginning of time. Root yourself in him. Let your roots grow deep. I'm going to close by reading this. And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. Would you stand with me tonight? I want to pray for you tonight. And first, before I pray specifically for this message, if you're here tonight and you have never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to give you that opportunity tonight. It is the most important decision you will ever make in your life. If you're here tonight and you feel your heart beating out of your chest and you know that God is calling you to him, don't deny him. He is the best thing that's ever happened to me. He wooed me, he called me, he saved me, he rescued me. 
He's healed me. He's continuing to mold and shape my life. Would you guys just begin to pray, those of you that know the Lord, if you're here tonight and you say, Minister Kimmy, I've never given my life to the Lord. Or maybe I did, but I've let too much manure come and it's almost killed me. I've let too much junk come in and rule and reign. And I want to make him my Lord and Savior once and for all for good tonight. I'm going to ask you to come down to the front right now. If that's you, come down to the front. If you want to accept him for the first time or you want to rededicate your life, I'm going to invite you to come down. Thank you, Jesus. Those of you that are online, if you've been listening and you feel the Lord pulling at you, because you know you're supposed to be his son and it, or his daughter. I'm going to invite you right now. Stop what you're doing. Pull over your car. Get in a quiet place. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And I want you to know that your voice resounds in heaven. The Lord hears you when you pray. Would you all join me tonight? Come on down. If there's anybody else, come on down. Would you pray this with me? Say, Lord Jesus, I confess with my mouth that you are Lord. And I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead. I decide once and for all, I want you to be the ruler of my life. Forgive me of my sin. Wash me clean. I choose today to receive your love for me. Come into my life. Lead me. Guide me. Help me to live a holy life that honors you. Thank you, Lord, for hearing my prayer. Thank you for loving me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I have a couple down here that need prayer. If you're here tonight and you say, Minister Kimmy, I have been shaken to the core. I have felt like my roots have been shaken. And I, tonight, I need to soak in his presence. I need to be watered by his love. If that's you here tonight, I'm going to open up the altars. If that's you, come on down tonight and allow the Lord to minister to you. I'm going to ask the pastors and ministers to come. If you feel like a dry, crispy Christian and you need God to come and make you vibrant again, make you full of life again, make you be able to speak life to others and bring joy, come down to the front and let the Lord minister to you tonight. Lord, we worship you. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. Come on down if that's you. If there's an area in your life that God has been saying, give that to me. It's a fruitless, dead part 
Lord of your life. I want you to come down to the front. Let the Lord prune you tonight and get rid of it. my life and salvation whom shall I fear whom shall I be afraid the Lord is my light and salvation whom shall I fear whom shall I be afraid I will
eyes I will see the goodness of the Lord. I will remain confident in this. I will see the goodness of the Lord. I will remain. I will remain confident in this. I will see the We set our hope on the one who is the everlasting God. You are the everlasting God. Would you lift your hands in the air for a few more moments together today? There's a refreshing of the Holy Ghost. He's the giver of living water. He declared that we could come to him. He'd give us rivers from the inside of living water. Just receive that today. Let the giver of living water fill you to overflowing even right now. Spirit of the living God, come. Come with a refreshing wind. Come with overflowing. Come with the soaking of your presence, oh God. He could allow God to fill you with his presence. If you have the liberty to pray in the Holy Ghost, just begin to pray in that prayer language. If you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, it's Jesus that fills you. Ask him for the gift begin to utter the things that he puts inside you. Sounds and syllables. It's not going to make sense to your mind. You can utter it. You can sing it. Let something out of that river that comes. Kimmy, thank you for delivering a word, speaking right into our root system. Marvelous. We're going to continue to have prayer around the front. If you want prayer, our pastors and ministers are here. We'll continue to pray with you. I'm going to go ahead and do a formal dismissing, but you may want to just have a soaking time in the Holy Ghost. Continue to do that for a few more minutes on this family night. Let me bless you on this Sunday night. Lord, bless you, keep you, cause his face to shine upon you, be gracious to you. May his face turn towards you, and may he give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.